Here at STEM Siblings, we are by no means experts in the topics we discuss, but we do use peer-reviewed sources uh, provided to us that we will include in the description below. No plagiarism. No plagiarism. Only only knowledge. Only knowledge. (laughs) Welcome to STEM Siblings. I'm Maxwell, your math major sibling. Is that your is that your intro? And now you're gonna introduce yourself, buddy. <laughs> now you're so gonna drive. Now you're gonna introduce yourself. I'm Ben. I'm a entomology student in my senior year at Millersville University. I work in a lab as uh, doing research with mosquitoes, and um, my GPA isn't horrible. <laughs> so that's just my credentials. Got it. Okay. It's well, I what? am a first year, soon to be second year math major at Arcadia University. Uh, so this podcast is a show where Ben and I are going to talk about math and science. That we're... Anything in science. True enough. Math, yeah, anything. Yeah. Start big. Start big. Start big. Um, move but in. But obviously things we're passionate about. Yes. We'll be alternating who hosts each episode. Um, Whoa, what? No, 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 no. You're going to be hosting the episodes. Oh, I thought if you had something you wanted to talk about, you would host Oh, no, 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 no. I'm here to make jokes and hang out. All right, so I'm going to be hosting all the episodes, which means Ben will never be able to talk about anything he wants to. Um, So today we're going to be talking about earwigs. Or uh, if we're talking about the specific order, uh, dermapterans. I was about to ask you for help pronouncing it. Yep, dermaptera. The uh, is the order that includes earwigs. There's a few different suborders, but we can get into phylogeny uh, and all that good systematic stuff later. Yep. So I think whenever we cover a living thing, uh, and this can include plants too, if we ever want to. What about a formally living thing? Uh, well, yeah, that works. Okay, cool. We're going to be playing a game where I ask you, pet or pest? Okay. Um, so when you hear the word earwig, because I did all this research and I now know my stance, do you think pet or pest? I think pest, um, to an extent. Now, these guys aren't the worst thing in the world in your homes, unless you don't like bugs. Um, you're probably going to more commonly see them infest you if you live in the suburbs or near woods. Probably not, uh, if you live in a, in the middle of the city, but these things aren't the worst things in the world to have in your house. I mean, but nobody, nobody likes small populations, but you could certainly have worse insects in your home. You definitely could. We are... So I'm going with probably pet. It'd be All a, right. it'd be a dope pet to have there. You can find them in your backyard and they eat pretty much anything. They're yes. omnivores. Yes. Um, although they have favorites. They do have favorites. We're going to be revisiting this question at the end. I'm not participating because, again, I did a lot of research. So let's first talk about what everyone thinks when they hear earwig. Uh, It's going to make a nest in my ears. Yeah, I don't know where that urban legend started. I do. We're going to be talking about that later. Perfect. Um, But, yeah, that's a myth. That's not real. No, they, um, I, I didn't look up the life the life strategies of earwigs in terms of reproduction but i can't imagine that uh i can't imagine it would be (laughs) very beneficial to lay them in someone's head yeah no so we're going to start off with how they look true uh it's pretty standard like most insects head abdomen thorax yep like all insects yeah (laughs) it's pretty much pretty much all (laughs) pretty uh, except for uh kind of proto-insects, your diplorans, other uh, other 
Yeah, I won't get into it. We no, can talk about Springtails later. Um, they have an exoskeleton. Again, like arthropods. Yep. And here's where we get into what the rumors of them laying ears on, eggs in your ears are. Um, their bodies are flat, which helps them because they prefer living and sleeping in tight spaces. Yes. So like crevices and apples. And they're also nocturnal. So that's where most of the rumors of them crawling into your ear while you're asleep and laying eggs come, because the ear is small enough, but also that wouldn't help them at all. Right, so, um, yeah, if you want to find these guys out in the wild, I would really recommend just finding maybe a dead stump and, you know, cleaving that bad boy in half, um, or really just looking under detritus, uh, especially with wood, because that is exactly where you're going to find these guys, and, um... There are there are a ton of different. I mean, for insects, there's not a ton of variety, but in terms of what we think of like speciation, um, on a smaller level, there there's a good bit of variety uh, across the world, as they are found all over the world. Yeah, um, I would have to say that these animals are also cursorial. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> I don't know what that word. Well, means. I can. I, so I only know math. Cockroaches are cursorial cursorial oh man my advisor would kill me <laughs> cockroaches are like this because they run really fast that's their strategy oh. they, animals that like a greyhound yeah uh, are cursorial because they're a lot of their behavioral strategies and like fight or fight reactions have to deal with running very very fast there's other things for animals that rely on jumping and um I'm trying to think what the other ones are uh, I, they're deep in my entomology uh, notes from the textbook I should have somewhere in the other room. <laughs> but yeah, so these, the Dermapteran strategy um, for the free-living ones, we'll talk more about some other variations, uh, when, I think when we get to the urban legend, but f- the strategy for the free-living ones, I feel, probably has a lot to do with running quickly. Yeah. Um, most species of earwigs have wings. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, their hind wings are semicircles, and they're kept folded under their forewings. The forewings don't fly. The hind wings do. Uh, their wings are compared to paper fans. Wow. And origami. Some species huh. don't have it, but most species have wings, which Incredible. is pretty awesome. I don't know if I would want to see an earwig flying towards me at any point, but, like, it's pretty cool, and they're very beautiful. Hmm. Yeah, um... Definitely, definitely, some of the ones in the tropics are going to be more flashy. That's just kind oh, yeah. of, that's just kind of how, uh, how kind of geographic spatial variation occurs and different life strategies at different altitudes. But in the tropics, sometimes it behooves you to be a bit more flashy than in temperate, temperate areas like this, where it might, where it might be more beneficial for an organism to be kind of dull. You want to guess how how big their hind legs are? Ooh, I'm terrible with I'm terrible with size assumptions. Just I, I have compare a really hard time. Co- how big compared to the body of an earwig? Oh, I bet they're like two times the size of an earwig. Ten times. Ten times. Ten yeah. times as big. Well, yeah, they are huge. <laughs> yeah, I guess because you have to lift the whole organism up. I highly recommend looking at pictures of their wings. I find them beautiful. They have pincer pincers. Yeah, is that is that for mating? Um, it's for multiple things. They use the pincers to fold up their hind wings. Uh, oh. Uh, they, that's why they're compared what? to origami, because they fold it up. Wow. Isn't it cool? Yeah, holy crap. They also use the pincers to defend themselves and capture prey. Uh, 
males have pincers how you would expect them to look bending inward with a sharp end i forget the name of the sword but you know what type of sword i'm talking about are they wow oh yeah there they are uh like a halberd you mean not a halberd like a it starts with a c it's the one that like bends in like a crescent shape i was thinking of the kopesh sword from egypt uh female earwigs have straight pincers they go straight out and they look very different did you find any sources on why they have variation in the pincers? Um, I did not find anything about that. I know the pain level is the same. It hurts a lot if they pinch you. Does it really? Yeah, apparently oh. the pain is really sharp. Um, they can't kill you, obviously. They're earwigs, but it hurts. And they, uh, yeah, it's interesting they use those for attacking, because, uh, some of their, some of their, uh, Relatives on the molecular level uh, have big pincers for uh, just... Their pincers are on the end of them, wow, not really? near the mouth. Oh. Their pincers are at the bottom of them where, like, a tail would be. Hold on, I need to look up, like, just an earwig... <laughs> just a picture of an earwig. earwig. picture. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, yes. Aren't they cool? <laughs> well, I thought you meant... Their, uh, no, I'm their talking mouth about parts. the pincers at the end of them, where that's how they fold up their wings, how they like hunt, and how they defend. They have gorgeous antennae. They cool. do have gorgeous antennae. Did you uh, did you look up the specific kind of antennae? I did not. You want to do that real quick while I talk about their eyes? I would love to. Uh, their eyes are compound eyes, which is my favorite thing about right. insects. So uh, hundreds the, of lenses. Yeah, the individual uh, eye cells are called omatidia. Yeah, so they it makes up a, con- a I don't know, is it a compound eye? They have compound yeah, eyes. Yeah, I guess yeah. Uh, each one has rods. I love insect eyes so much. I'm gonna let you pull up about their antennae before I move on. Oh, I'm still looking. So in terms of antennae, um, from what I'm looking at, and of course I can be wrong. I don't. We'd ever want to presume that we're the end all be all on information, but we you found. We, we were looking at peer-reviewed sources, so like yes. scientific journals and I um, my encyclopedias. School, my school's database. Which encyclopedias are, I think, considered tetriary sources. So yeah, in terms of antennae, I think they would be satitious, uh, or maybe... Yeah, I think it would be satitious, because they kind of even out at the end. But that, of course, is another genus-by-genus genus and suborder-by-suborder suborder division. Yep. These bad boys are prey to birds, spiders, lizards, more, you know, like frogs, amphibians, all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. They're definitely, uh, they're, they're definitely not the top of their food chain. Some bats have been observed eating them. And for the most part, their prey are fruits, vegetables, leafy greens, and some more meaty options I will be describing later. Ooh. Uh, let's move to the life cycle. It's really simple. There are three stages. Egg, larva, adult. Yep. The mating season is in autumn. Their nest will be like where they sleep, so a tight crevice. Even more of why people think that, oh, look, ears. The female earwig will lay around 80 eggs at most. Wow. Well, yeah, a lot of them are not going to make it. No. The eggs will hatch after seven days. And then the first thing the larvae eat is the egg they were stuck inside. Protein. Yep, good protein. High yolk content in uh, insect eggs. They look like adults, but without wings, and they look like a palish yellow-white color. Yep. Uh, they're smaller, and they molt 
at most five times as they keep growing. With each molt, wings will develop and grow. Yep, so that is called hemimetabolism. So there's... Are you going to talk about this at all? No. Oh, gonna, so, yeah. You, in, have, you know the science words. In insect life cycles, you can be ametabolous, uh, hemimetabolous, or uh, holometabolous. I think there's one more, but um, that's kind of like debated in the community um but or at least between some members of the community if it's not just another form of something one of the other aforementioned three but ametabolous is when the only thing that changes is size um hemimetabolous is when uh, size changes and also when new features develop and then holometabolous is when uh and a good example is like a butterfly where the larval form looks uh, completely different than the uh than the adult form and there's typically a pupa stage so butterflies most aquatic insects oh why am i saying most well some beetles yeah most aquatic insects but beetles are also holometabolous i don't want to i don't want to say anything but i'm pretty confident in that the majority of aquatic insects are holometabolous anyway so the lar larvae will mature after 50 days Kind of not as impressive as what you just said. No, <laughs> I. Uh, no, it's still impressive. Um, so fun fact about earwigs: the mother actually cares for her young. Yeah, I think that's uh, in the majority of insects. The uh, the mother is the one that looks after the young. She'll clean them to the prevent animals, like any fungus, and until they can hunt for themselves, she provides food. Wait, that's crazy. The parent actually sticks around? The mother sticks around. Wow, that's that's pretty rare, actually, I think, in the insect world. Often, larvae are just kind of left to fend on their own. If one of her babies mature and don't leave the nest, the mother can and will eat them. Well, of course. It's uh, it's new food. Yeah, and it was a good thing you mentioned the, the fungus, because I was also, in my reading, I saw that uh, these animals are actually hosts for some species of parasitic fungus. They are, and that's why the mother has to protect them. Like everything in this world, earwigs around the world have adapted to their living spaces. There are eyeless earwigs that are found in soil. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, two types of troglobitic. Troglobitic? Let me see. Troglobitic? Probably troglobitic. I think it's troglobitic. Yeah, troglobitic. Troglobitic species exist. means only in caves. Yep, they live in lava caves, these two species that I'm about to talk about. Sick. Um, They have non-functional compound eyes, and they aren't as pigmented as the kind we see in our backyard. There's no reason to exert energy into something that won't matter. Exactly. Another species has been found in African caves that have better developed compound eyes. They are also paler in comparison to what we usually see. Very interesting. The omnivorous European earwig is one of the best things you could have in your apple orchid. Uh, it gets rid of woolly apple aphids. Really? Oh, yeah. I did, I did read that they uh, participate in eating aphids. They do. Um, they can end up damaging your apple orchids because, like we said, they love hiding in those apples. Yeah. Um, but it isn't likely because you want to guess how long they can go without food? Um, probably, let's see. Two months? No, same amount it takes to hatch. Seven days. Uh, oh. They have seven days where they don't have to eat. Wait, so they can go without food for seven days? They can go for food. Yeah, but that if an day. animal sees an apple there, they're not going to... Oh, yeah, but like... going to eat the apple. They're not going to resort to that right away. Yeah, well, I mean, if there's no aphids. It's very... Okay. Ecology is very veritable. So, uh, it's hard to it's hard to predict, but... 
I imagine that they would uh, definitely definitely choose the aphids first. Yes. A study by Robert J. Oprit and David W. Crowder says that they are highly underappreciated in orchids. They mm. are helpful in pest management, and as I said, of course, they can do some damage. Uh, they do make homes in apples and other fruits they find. The Blackfield earwig is a pest for grains, but I mean, who here isn't? Am I right? <laughs> Um, so let's talk about something light real quick. You good with that, Ben? Light? Yeah, sure. I mentioned that your wigs could eat meatier stuff than your average plant, so, uh, let's talk about cannibalism. Oh, fun. <laughs> I mentioned before about mother earwigs eating their babies if they stay too long, but, uh, let's talk more about this. So male earwigs don't eat their own young. This could also be because female earwigs will kill her mate for trying to attack the young. Yeah. But in an experiment held by Anne C. Jacobs and Tyler Stegall, they took the females away from their eggs. And they put males in. Almost every male ate at least one of the eggs when the female was not in presence. Of course. Well, are those the fathers or just random males? The male were put in the habitats they did not mate in because it showed that males would not eat their own offspring. Yeah. But they had no qualms with eating others. Well, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the eating part... I guess it's just for protein, but if you're if you're a male insect and you come across this female with young, you're going to want to try and kill the young so you can mate with the female. And the female will kill you. Well, yeah. During this experiment, it was discovered that mothers weren't always able to tell which offspring were theirs. But the reason is if the age of the larva or eggs and space where they were laid was similar to where the mother did it and the time the mom did it, the female would be like, oh, those are my babies. Yeah, she's not going to count. No, she's, she's not. She's exhausted. Um, if they were somewhere else, she would be able to tell, those aren't my babies. I don't need to protect them unless I want to. Uh, females will and can adopt eggs. It was shown in one study that they will adopt anything that resembles their eggs, including stones. They will protect their eggs with their lives, and that includes other females trying to steal them. Uh, but if the egg is not in the same location and not the same age, they sometimes won't adopt the egg because they know it's not theirs, which I think they're pretty smart. I think earwigs are pretty smart for that. Animal, animal rights activist over here. They're um, so, they're so smart. They're so brave. I, I you can't find, tell what it's thinking. I just think they're smarter than some birds who would be like, up oh, a lizard laid eggs in my nest. Okay, as a, as someone who wants to work in the field, I do not condone any of these gross, <laughs> gross uh, over exaggerations of animal inte- intellect by my brother. Ah, so rude. Well, <laughs> I'm covering my bases. That's that's fair. So, we went over a lot about earwigs. Yeah. This is most of the information I could find about them well, without repeating myself. I got, a, I got myself. a few more here. Oh, you want to go? Yeah, so only one suborder of the animal lives today, although two more has been found in the fossil record, uh, the oldest dating back to the Jurassic. That's right. I mentioned the parasitic fungus. And molecular studies suggest this group of insects are most closely related to Placopterans which are your stone flies, and ephemeroptera, which is your mayflies. So molecularly, these guys are most closely related, but again, phylogenies and um, how we all connect to each other on a relation level is constantly being argued about and constantly being, constantly being suggested that some things are wrong and some things are right. It's a hot mess. It's definitely, 
it's definitely going to be the future once genetics keeps getting better. But that is molecularly who earwigs are related to. Uh, and finally, one of the where we get the urban legend from, uh, arguably, is that some families uh, of earwig are parasitic. So, yes, uh, one is a huge one is an ectoparasite of bats. So, causing bats some problems. I think uh-huh. they live in the ear canal of bats, well, which yeah. again is where the where the urban legend comes from about yeah. people. To be fair, bats try to eat them. Yeah, I don't think it's for laying eggs. I think it's just for sucking blood, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah. It's consume consuming the blood. Well, might well much to think about. Most insects need blood to lay eggs, so maybe it's about collecting that blood. Probably. Because that's that's why only female mosquitoes bite you. Yeah. Because they need... Mosquitoes don't eat blood. They eat nectar. They do. They just need that sweet, sweet blood for their eggs. For their eggs. And we'll talk about that when we touch on mosquitoes, if we ever do. I don't know when I'll feel like doing that. Is that all the info you got? Yeah, that was it for me. All right, so you started with pet. They're pets. They're pets? The Still pets? Yeah, they're just... I, I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be a pet. They're they, so cost-effective. <laughs> they're super helpful. I mean, I've I've pretty much had cockroaches as a pet. Not of my own volition. Okay, that makes it sound like they invaded <laughs> yeah, my Yeah, it sounded like they just came up and went, hey. No, no, no. In the lab I work at, there was a, there was a cockroach cage, and the person who got them never took care of them and kind of just let them die, so I just fed them like apples once a week and gave them water yeah no they didn't invade my apartment but i agree with you i think they're pets yeah if i could keep one i would and i would feed it lettuce all the time yeah it'd be, probably be an easy pet I mean, they they do eat oranges too so yeah like, I, it'll die eventually they can't live forever yeah they can't live forever it's so it's so sad rip rip well what do we got next week um i haven't decided yet but i'm going to assume because you just told me we're not changing, so let me think about this. We could each bring five prehistoric animals we like and talk about why they're definitely the coolest. Alright, yeah. Actually, let's do Battle of the Brothers. We'll bring five, we'll randomize the order, Okay. and then we'll make them fight to the death and see which <laughs> Wait, one we what? think will win. Wait, <laughs> no. Yes, we're gonna take. We're each gonna pick five of the most dangerous killing machines that nature and evolution has ever crafted and we're gonna we're gonna make them fight yep all right we're gonna talk about which one we think will win yep that's gonna be an exciting episode because i'm just gonna pick giant bugs oh and maybe giant plants you gotta be careful bro some of those bugs didn't eat arthropleura was a vegetarian i don't know but they could still fight (sighs) yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking about taking some stuff from the the uh Cambrian period. I love the Cambrian. Ooh, I think I, if I, I could find thinking. giant carnivorous plants, also, uh, that's hard. I don't think that there's is ever been evidence. Super of that. hard. But if you pick like a bug creature, and I find one of those giant bell flowers, um, okay, we, we can't give away too much. We can't. We, we can't, can't give, give away, away too, much. too much. All right. Thank you for listening to the first episode of STEM Siblings. Once again, I am your math major host, Maxwell. I am your future-to-be-unemployed uh, entomology <laughs> student, Ben. <laughs> and uh, I'll think of an outro next episode.